In every seed is a forest, and in every follower is a leader. Leaders are not born, but leaders are raised. Is an insightful book by one of the leading authorities on leadership, Bishop Dr. Michael Huttonwood. People are not disadvantaged; they are just ignorant. Shows you some of the steps and qualitative processes involved in how leaders evolve through nurture and development. Leaders are not born. Millionaires are not born. Wealthy people are not born. They are made. You become what you want to be by the choices you make in life. You were not born rich. I mean, from your mother's womb on your face, rich. System, rich. You may have been born to rich parents, but you were not born rich on your face. You became rich by things you did, or became poor by the things you did or did not do. You see, it's all about choices. Live here and start making some changes. What kind of future do you see? Paint your pictures from the scriptures. Pick your future. What kind of business do you want? Ordinary business, like everybody else, or the one that people travel far and near to look for. Leaders are not born, but leaders are raised. An insightful book by Bishop Dr. Michael Huttonwood. Available in paperback and on Kindle. Please call zero two zero eight six eight nine six zero one zero or visit www.houseofjuda.org.uk and order your copy today. Welcome, glory to God. Welcome, welcome, welcome to lunch hour with high achievers this Saturday afternoon. You are blessed and highly favored. We are grateful to God for preserving us. We slept and we awoke because He, the Lord, sustained us. God bless you all for joining us this afternoon. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. The adverts that you saw were, but leaders are not born, leaders are raised. Rich people are not born, rich people are raised. Achievers are not born, achievers are raised. The book Leaders Are Not Born, Leaders Are Raised, available for purchase at our website, houseofjuda.org.uk or michaelhattonwood.org. And then we have the financial pack, uh, how to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Why no believer should be poor, reasons for lack, and then budgeting is not an option. Glory to God, especially in this economic climate, it's important for us to understand the financial principles that enables us to succeed in life. Glory to God. So once again, you are all welcome, Sandra. You're welcome, Evolving Butterflies. You're welcome. Agnes, you're welcome. Mama B, you're welcome. Pastor Michael Jr., you're welcome. Arlene, you are welcome. Let's talk somebody, let's share, let's talk somebody, tell somebody, share this on our timeline to invite everyone that we know to join us on this platform today. Today we are looking at career choices. Career choices. Now this is going to benefit, benefit both you, um, your your children, your teenagers, adolescents, young adults, your student, your children who are students um, in university, 
those in high school <clears throat> to enable them make the right choices or any friend of yours that you know is making career choices or making a career shift invite all of them right now send this link to them www.facebook.com forward slash Hattonwood global forward slash live forward slash we are on Facebook at Hattonwood global we are on YouTube at Bishop Michael Hattonwood and we are on Instagram Instagram at Bishop Michael Hattonwood so once again you are all welcome take your notepads and I like you to take those especially the five points that are coming up so you can use that to teach people that you know we're talking about career choices career choices five p's in other words questions five questions you need to ask in order to make right career choices and remember it's never too young you're never too young to make career choices you're never too old to make career choices there can always be a career shift some make it very early like jesus at 12 knew what he was called to do some make it early like david at 17 the backside of the wilderness comes into town and then hears the turmoil and the threats of Goliath and immediately the career choice kicks in. I'm going to deal with this Goliath on behalf of the whole nation of Israel Uzziah started at the age of 16. So making career choices, you are neither too young, too middle-aged or too old to make career choices. Abraham started at 75. Colonel Sanders started at 65. So you are never too young, never too old to make career choice. This is very good for your children. So gather your children, wake them up from their sleep. They've had enough sleep from last night to today. Wake up your children, wake up your youth, wake up your teenagers, wake up your adolescents, wake up your friends, wake them up, send the link to them and tell them to tune in and get this empowerment session it's not only about prayer there's a time for prayer and there's a time to reason very soon i'll be teaching on uh, this particular subject on prayer and then wisdom prayer and then wisdom we need both dimensions so we are looking at five p's five p's to make five p's to making the right career choices irrespective of your age Five P's. I recommend my book, um, um, You Have Only One Life, Make It Count. I recommend that book to you. You Have Only One Life, Make It Count. You can get it from our bookshop in church tomorrow, or you can order it online from our website, michaelhattonwood.org. michaelhattonwood.org. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. So once again, you are all welcome. Now let's get the ball rolling. We're looking at five questions you must ask to be able to make the right career choice. Otherwise, as to whether you are in one or you're about to make one or whichever it is. If you're about to enter college or university or going to undertake a course or move out to the country or whatever, and you have to make some career choice. Five questions that will enable you to make the right career choices irrespective of what position you are in. So number, there are five very important questions you need to ask yourself to enable you to be able to navigate an ideal career path that you need to travel on. Five powerful questions you, you need to ask yourself. Five powerful questions you need to ask yourself. 
So keep sharing, keep sharing, keep sharing. The boy, Jaya, you are welcome on Instagram. Let's keep inviting others to join us. The first question you need to ask in making a right career choice is, what is your purpose in life? Write that down. What is your purpose in life? What is your purpose in life? What is your purpose in life? Why is that important? Purpose is the original intent for the creation of a purpose or a thing. Purpose is. Purpose is. Purpose is the original intent, original intention for the creation of a person or a thing. The specific function of somebody or a thing. Purpose is the answer to the question, what am I here for? So we're looking at five P's to making right career choices. And the recommended book is you have only one life. Make it count. You can get that from my personal website, www.michaelhatton-wood.org. Purpose. So the first question to ask to make right career choices or moving from where you are into a better uh, a better position or whatever is what is what is your purpose in life? What what is my purpose in life? Purpose is the original intention for the creation of it. So you were, you and I were created for something in particular. That is something we need to understand. We need to ask that question and answer it completely to help us navigate the right career choices. Purpose is the answer to the question, what am I here for? So everybody, like all inanimate things in life, was created for a purpose. Everything was created for a purpose. Cockroaches, <laughs> rats, mice. Cats, dog, fishes, everything was created for a purpose. There's nothing that God created that was insignificant or useless. There is a specific function or set of functions that you and I were brought into this world to perform. So write this down. Purpose precedes creation. Purpose precedes creation. Five questions you and I must ask in making the right career choices, the next step we take in life, the next thing we do, the person we marry, the people we get into relationships with, all must be based on your purpose. Purpose. The manufacturer of a product always predetermines. The manufacturer of any product always predetermines the problems he wants the yet-to-be-manufactured product to solve. The Manufacturer of any product always predetermines the problem that the manufactured product that is yet to come into being has to solve before he produces it. So before you and I came here, there was a problem you were called to solve. Your wealth, your worth, your relevance, your significance lies in the discovery of this question and asking it sincerely, and answering it sincerely. In the same vein, before you were born, your specific function on earth had already been determined by your creator. Your purpose is not yours to decide, but to discover. Write that down. Your purpose is not yours to decide. It is it's not yours to decide. It's yours to discover. Your purpose is not yours to decide. 
but yours to discover. It's a very important. So if your career is related to your purpose, you are guaranteed optimum performances, optimum joy, and optimum fulfillment. The manufacturer of a product always determines the problem that must be solved before the product is created. <laughs> so before our manufacturer, that is God, created us and brought us on this planet, there was an assignment he made us for. As products, he made us to, to solve certain particular problems. Purpose reveals your purpose, right? Is that your purpose reveals your potential. Your purpose reveals your potential. Once your purpose has been determined, the manufacturer installs within the product the ability to fulfill that purpose or to function according to his specification. So everybody has something that will enable him or her to become a success in the pursuit of that purpose. Because without that ability, without that ability, performance is zero. So it's the ability that makes the fulfillment of purpose possible. It's the ability that has been put inside you that makes the fulfillment of your purpose possible. So once you discover what your purpose is, it then reveals what you can do as well. So everything begins with the discovery of one's purpose. Your purpose reveals your potential. Your purpose reveals your potential. What you are capable of doing but have not done yet. So the first question leads to the second question. We are looking at five P's to navigating your right career choices. So the first question, what is your purpose in life, leads to the second question. So the first is your purpose. The second is potential. Potential. Five P's to making the right choice of a career. What is your purpose? Then number two, what potential do you carry? What are the potentials you have? Now, purpose has to do with why you are here. Potential has to do with what you can do. What you can do. What you can do. So, whenever God gives you a purpose to accomplish, He also supplies you with the potential to achieve it. Everyone has something that will enable them to succeed. The major factor for success lies within you. So, it is in the form of your knowledge, your potential. Is in the form of your knowledge, your ideas, your talents, your gifts, and your skills. It is that which when you develop and harness can enable you to climb the ladders that you are called to climb. I say, well, you are welcome. God bless you for joining us this afternoon. We're looking at the five P's to making right career choices. Five P's to making the right career choices. In other words, five questions you must ask yourself in determining the kind of career choices that you make. The, sec the first question is purpose. The second question is potential. What are you capable of doing? So, for example, you need to find answers to the following purpose-related questions. I'll encourage you to take notes 
because it's an empowerment platform. You have prayed, and then God gives you instruments that will put the pieces together in the form of platforms like this and teachings and trainings that will enable you to fulfill destiny. So, five answers that you need to find in the fulfilling of your assignment. The first is purpose. The second is potential. So, five questions you need to ask. What do you do when it comes to your potential? What you are capable of doing but haven't done? So, you discover your purpose. The second is, what are my potentials that will enable me to fulfill my purpose? What are my potentials? What can I do? What are some of the things that I can do? So, first question you ask under potential is, what do you do without struggle? Write that down. What do you do without struggle? Your potential is something that you do and you don't struggle to do. Potential is about your knowledge, your ideas, your gifts, your talents that are inside you. Placed inside you when you have been manufactured. So, what do you do without struggle? That is your potential. That helps you to fulfill your purpose and that will help you to make the right career choice. What do you do without struggle? Because anything that you do with struggle is not part of your potential. But God put inside you what you are capable of doing. Look at David. Play the harp with ease. No struggle. Use the sling and the stone. He added skill to that gift and could use it with ease. Joseph could interpret dreams with ease without struggle. Daniel could not just uh, uh, interpret dreams, but remember forgotten dreams. What do you do without struggle? It's an indication of your potential. It could be cooking. It could be smiling. It could be administration. It could be in human resources. It could be find out what you do without struggling. What you do without struggle. That's your potential. And it's crucial in helping you to make the right career choice. What are you able to do that you never learned formally? That's the second one. Please write that down. What are you able to do that you never learned formally, either in school or in an institution? That is your potential. So, what are you able to do that you never learned formally? Number three, what do people say you are good at? People haven't observed you over the years. What is it that when they come across you or when you come across them or when you meet them, they say, oh, this gentleman is able to do these things with ease or this woman, this lady is able to do these things with ease. What is the report of people concerning you when it comes to things that you do with ease? What do people say you are good at? When they look at you, what do they say this guy is good at? Is he good at leadership? Is he good at relationships? Is he good at money matters? What is it that when people see you, they can tell you? Not that they are flattering you, but you know that what they are saying is true. What are you able to do without a formal education? And what is it that when people meet with you, associate with you, they can say you do this, you are very good at this. That's a sign of your potential, what you are capable of doing. And that should be able to help you to make the right career choice at your particular age. Then number four, under potential, what do you have the flair for? What do you have the flair for? What do you have the flair for? What are some of the things you have the flair for? What are some of the things you have the flair for? You meet certain people, they have a flair for 
customer service, flair for, you know, various kind. Of, you look at yourself, what is it you have the flair for? According to Howard Garner at the Harvard University and Charles Handy in England, there are different forms of intelligence. And so let's look at a few of them. Everybody hasn't got the same kind of intelligence. What do you have the flair for? Some have verbal intelligence, the ability to speak and have a strong control over their language. Some have mathematical intelligence, the flair for numbers, having an ability to understand and interpret financial statements. Such people are very knowledgeable about prices, about costs, about expenses, about financial ratios. What do you have a flair for? What do you have a flair, the flair for? Some have verbal intelligence. Some have mathematical intelligence. Some have physical intelligence, like athletes who send votes. You know, the intelligence possessed by athletes, footballers, it gives them an extraordinary ability of timing, coordination in the movement and the use of their body. Ronaldo, Messi, what do you have the flair for? It's part of your potential put inside you by God before you came here. Those are all indications that should help you to make the right choice, right career choices. Some are physical intelligence. Some have musical intelligence. It is said, Elvis Presley said, I don't need to go to any music school because music is inside me. Just like Lucifer, when he was created before he became Satan through rebellion, Bible says music was inside him. The tablets, tablets was his music was right inside him. So some people have musical intelligence, some people have verbal intelligence. You need to find out what you have a flair for. You have a, you have verbal intelligence, mathematical intelligence, physical intelligence, musical intelligence. Some have visual, spatial intelligence, the ability to see and create shapes and patterns possessed by architects, engineers, and painters. These are all points to what you are called to do. Some have interpersonal intelligence, the ability to negotiate, to influence, to persuade other people. Some have entrepreneurial intelligence, ability to do business, ability to spot business opportunities and mobilize the needed resources to seize opportunities to make profit. So you can tell we all don't have everything, but we have something. We all have something. Flair for numbers, flair for verbal, flair for sports, flair for physics, flair for IT, flair for music, the, music, the musical. Everybody has a flair. Some for, for administration, some for creativity, innovation in different areas. Then some have intuitive intelligence is the ability to sense the rightness or wrongness of a situation or to judge people quickly and accurately and to come up with ideas and insights separately from your logic and training. The point we are stressing is everybody has something. You need to take time to find what you have and develop it and maximize it to use it to add value to society. And others have abstract intelligence. This is also known as conceptual intelligence. This was possessed by scientists like Albert Einstein, Socrates, and in recent times, Bill Gates and uh, Steve Jobs, business, uh, 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 Richard Branson, uh, Elon Musk, 
versus all these guys. Business leaders. They get a sudden idea, sudden picture, and then combine it with several factors into a new synthesis. Potential. Potential. So look into yourself. Find out what the potentials are. It helps you to make career choices, the right career choices. Look at your children. What are some of the things that they have a flair for? Mary looked at Jesus. You could tell at the age of 12, he says, I have to be about my father's business. But she took note of what she saw. Joseph says, I had a dream. And one day my mother will bow my brother's back. The Bible says the father took note. Look at your children. Look at what they have a flair for. Don't dismiss the giftings, the things they have a flair for, their giftings, their talent. Don't dismiss it. Don't underestimate. As a matter of fact, pour into that. Push them in that particular direction. Put resources aside to be able to move them in that area. Get them materials. Get them products. Get them resource materials that can help them harness and develop and strengthen those things that they have a flair for. They are gifting their talent. It is called potential. 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 So, the first question to ask is more to do with what am I here for? Why am I here? That's to do with your purpose. The second P is potential. 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 Then, number three is passion. Purpose. Potential. Passion. Five questions you must ask yourself. Whatever age you're at, find out what is my purpose. And sometimes your potential gives you an indication of why you have the purpose you have. Your passion also gives you an indication of why you have the potential you have and the purpose that you have been given. So the third thing is passion. Five questions you must ask yourself in making career choices, either as a child, as a teenager, as adolescent, as youth, as a young adult, as an adult. And like I said, you are never too old and never too young to become what you're supposed to be. So the third is passion. What are you passionate about? What do you have a passion for or love to do? Either that. What do you have a passion for and what do you love to do? What do you have a passion for and what do you love doing? And when I say what you love doing, nothing negative like stealing and so on. I'm talking about what you love to do that has value to you and has value to others. What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? Passion is a love for something. A strong enthusiasm for something. You have a strong enthusiasm, strong love for something that is passion. If you must be a high flyer in your career, you must of necessity be crazy, crazily in love with what you do. You must love what you do. You must not uh, grumble or drag your feet. Anything you drag your feet to do is either you're not called to do it or it is something you must do but don't want to do or don't have the strength to do so then you need grace <clears throat> you need to ask for grace to be able to do it so nothing moves a person to do great things like their passion for something something you love to do that has value 
something you have a strong enthusiasm for. So career success is rarely possible without a love for that career. Somebody who doesn't like medicine, doesn't like patients, doesn't like blood, doesn't like pain, must not go anywhere near nursing or being a doctor, anywhere near medicine or pharmacy or dentistry or anything to do with patients. Because you must have love to see people's pain removed permanently from them to be able to go into those kind of fields. So ask yourself when it comes to the third point we looked at, five questions you must ask yourself. The first is your purpose. The second is your potential. And the third is your passion. And like I'm saying, you are never too young, you're never too middle-aged, and never too old to make new career choices when you discover that is the best thing that you can do or you are made for this. So under the third point of passion, ask yourself questions. This is how you need to ask questions. What am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? Second, what particular activity or career excites me? What particular activity or career excites me? Not what particular activity or career excites somebody else. No. What particular career activity excites me? That's we're talking about passion. Then what would I do even if I was not being paid for it? What would I do if even I'm not being paid for it? A typical example is given of Mother Teresa. She just couldn't stand the idea of people being or remaining poor. And she was known in that particular area while she was alive. And after she's dead and gone, still there. Nelson Mandela was passionate about the liberation of his people from apartheid. That's what he fought for. That's what he went to court for. That's what he was in prison for. That's what he came out of prison to ensure he fulfilled so, what are you passionate about? It helps you determine your career, the right career choice to make. What particular activity or career excites you? When you look at your children, what are they passionate about? What particular activity or career excites them? What would you even, what would you do even if you are not being paid for it? Is an indication of what you are passionate about. Then what do you get immersed in and cannot even see that time is flying away? What is it that when you even engage in, by the time you realize time has flown and you didn't even know that time had flown? That's a sign of what you are passionate about and want to get involved in. What particular activity or career excites you? What would you do? And continue to do if even you are not being paid for that's for it. That's an indication of what you are passionate about. What do you get immersed in and cannot even see that time has flown away or time is flying away? That's an indication of what you are called to do. Then the fifth question on passion is what type of books do you love reading? And what kind of books excite you? Okay, every time I see something on wealth creation, kingdom wealth, financial prosperity, leadership, every time I see something to do with that, I mean, I just get drawn, wealth creation, kingdom wealth, 
covenant world coming out of poverty because two things that I hate, and that's probably will come to that very soon, uh, the, the thing about what you hate to see perpetuated. <laughs> we'll come to it in a minute. So, to properly identify what your career interests are, psychologists have come up with what is known as career interest inventory. Career interest inventory, CII. And that classifies the various occupational groups into social services, clerical services, health services, agriculture, customer services, fine arts, mathematics and science, building trades, educational services, legal services, transportation, sales, management, bench work, entertainment, machine operation, all these things, very crucial. The results enable you to identify the level of interest you have in each of these particular areas and serve as a guide to your career development process. Five questions you must ask. Five areas you need to look at when you're about to make a career choice. Your purpose, why you are here, your potential, what you have the capability of doing. Three, your passion. What do you love doing? Number four is pain. You're looking at five P's to making the right career choice. Number four is pain. What do you hate? Or what causes you pain? What do you hate seeing perpetuated? What causes you pain is an indication of what you are called to do, problems you are called to solve, and when you are making career choices, these things help you to make those decisions. Your pain, what causes you pain? Your pain can be a guide to discovering the right career for you. Even though there are a lot of social problems in the world, we are more prone to solving effectively the problems that cause us great pain. <laughs> when I see ignorance, that can be eradicated with ignorance, that can be eradicated with knowledge, and people perpetuating that ignorance, it causes me pain. When I see poverty, I got a, <laughs> when you see, uh, you know, especially in this economic climate, everywhere this is, there's problem in my country, there's challenges, there are problems everywhere. The problems are everywhere. Now, what causes you pain that you want to solve or alleviate that pain is one of the signs of what you are called to do or problems you are called to solve. So find out in what area of your life you experience the most pain. The most pain. What is the area that causes you most pain? What societal problems do you wish you could do something about as an indication of what you are called to do. So when you are making career choices, these are the areas. My purpose, my potential, my passion, my pain, my pain. At times people ask questions like, what motivates you to do some of the things that you do? Our response has always been, we do the things we do because of two things, poverty and pain. And and. That is the area some of us are called to. Things that cause poverty. Things that cause pain. Ignorance. Poverty. You know, 
we come across those situations and we want to make sure we do something our people's education people's children they have the resources to be able to take care of their children or take them to school or somebody has just been given admission into an institution and there are no resources to do it you know one of the things we need to understand, you know, uh, everybody needs to understand the reason why God blesses us. A lack of understanding of why God blesses. For instance, this platform, everything we do here is to give people knowledge, wisdom, understanding, to use that knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and information and revelation that they get to solve problems, to solve kingdom problems, their churches, issues, problems, people's problems, societal problems, your job problems. The basic idea of prosperity and blessing and knowledge and understanding and wisdom is to solve problems in the area where you are called. We are not called to receive blessings and to sit on them or get the can, sit on the can. No. Every form of information, knowledge and understanding you get is for you to use to add value to people, add value to your church, add value to society, add value to your nation, add value everywhere you go. So, when we are Get asked the question, why do you do what you do? We do the things we do because we want to alleviate poverty, pain, ignorance. We hate poverty because we know through experience what real naked poverty can do to a man's dream and a man's destiny. The man who had wisdom and they used his wisdom and then they discarded him after they had used his wisdom because he did not have resources to push his own wisdom. All those things are things that God has brought us here to solve in our particular area. So, as a result of our personal commitment to life, is to help other people overcome poverty. And it's not just giving them handouts, but empowering them to do exactly what you are doing. And by so doing, we can reach many more people because the people you meet are not the people I meet. So, every information, every revelation, every wisdom we get is to use to alleviate the negatives of society. What causes you pain may be a clue to what you have the potential for. What God delivers, listen to this and write it down. What God delivers you from is a clue to what He's going to use you to deliver others from. Please write that down. What God delivers you from is a clue to what he is going to use you to deliver others from. God delivered you from ignorance. God delivered you from poverty. God delivered you from a bad relationship. God delivered you from, from whatever it is, sickness, disease, whatever it is that God delivered you from. Delivered you from sin, delivered you from the world, delivered you from uh, uh, terrible situations. He delivered you in order to use you to deliver others from what he delivered you from. So then it's your duty to look out for people who are going through what you've been through and God has brought you out through knowledge, wisdom, and knowledge and everything you are receiving on this, to get them out. That's why sitting on information you get in church or sitting on information and revelation you get from platforms like this is what brings you back into the same situation in which you were. Every time you are blessed with knowledge, in church, in a service, in books, messages, whatever. You're supposed to use that knowledge to deliver others from what you used to be involved in before you were delivered. What God delivers you from is a clue to what he will use you to deliver others from. If you don't hear anything on this platform today, take this. Very powerful. 
So in deciding what career is best for you, you may want to take some time and find out what causes you the most pain and the most discomfort. What is it that causes you pain? Once you start finding solutions to what causes you pain, use the solution to deliver those who are going through that same pain. That's why you are allowed to go through that situation to gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to deliver others. Then the last question for today is, so we've looked at the five questions you must ask. What is my purpose? What is my potential? What is my passion? What is my pain or what causes me pain? And then the final question you must ask that helps you to make the right career choices in life is personality. 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 What is my personality? What kind of person am I? What kind of person am I? Because you need to know what kind of person you are, which is the reason why you are given the kind of purpose and giftings, potential, and the passion that you have. What kind of person are you? One way to answer this question is through a study of the concept of temperaments. Temperaments. Temperaments is the combination of traits we inherit from our parents. And there are four types of temperaments. So you need to know what kind of personality you have. You may not have somebody else's personality. Glory to God. Your personality is more than enough to help you become everything you're supposed to be. So each of these temperaments has inherent strengths and weaknesses which make them ideal for some careers. And so before you even decide what you want to do, it might be helpful for you to check what your personality type is. So let's look at a few within the time frame that we have. Personality is one of the things you need to look at. What are my temperaments? My temperaments may be different from yours. Yours may be different from mine. What are my temperaments? That should help you make a right choice of the right kind of career for you. The first temperament is the sanguine temperament. S-A-N-G-U-I-N-E. We all don't have the same temperament. All of us are different. Sanguine. S-A-N-G-U-I-N-E. People with sanguine temperaments. Because sometimes we don't understand why we do certain things we do. It's simply because of the temperaments that we have. Sanguine temperament. People with sanguine temperament are people oriented. Who excel in public relations. The service industry. Or anything that requires charisma. They also make very good actors. Entertainers, preachers, particularly evangelists. So you can describe Billy Graham as a sang with as someone with sanguine, one of the temperaments as sanguine. Also, they make excellent masters of ceremonies as MCs, auctioneers, and sometimes leaders. See, when you don't understand some of these things, probably want to take on something that you don't have the temperament for and end up failing terribly. So they make excellent masters of ceremonies, auctioneers, sometimes leaders, if properly blended with another temperament. So, one of the things you need to understand is about your temperament, your temperament, your temperament. You should know, what you, know, you need to know is that each temperament has its own weaknesses as well. And if you intend to have a very successful career, it's imperative 
that you do well to deal with such weaknesses so you can develop a holistic personality for your kind of career. So the first kind of temperament that people have, some people have, is the sanguine temperament. The second temperament is choleric. Choleric, C-H-O-L-E-R-I-C. Choleric temperament. All these, you need to study yourself and know which is an indication of why you choose the career that you choose. A choleric is a strong, natural leader who is goal or project oriented, who likes to manage people. Any profession that requires leadership, motivation, productivity is ideal for a choleric person. Choleric people are naturally developers and have an interest in developing people, building homes, building schools, building shopping malls, building suburbs, building cities. Also, because of their inbuilt promotional abilities, they do well in sales, do well in teaching, politics, military, service, sports, and preaching. Any job that requires strong will, determination, industry, hard work, activity, productivity, enterprise, and production is their lot. However, they can also be bullies and tend to have low tolerance in their orientation. So, with every temperament is a strength, and with every temperament is also a weakness. That's why sometimes we may have to find a way of combining a couple of temperaments to be able to deliver. So, the second is choleric. So, what's your temperament? Is it sanguine? Is it choleric from what you have heard so far? They should help inform us making the right career choices, professional choices, um, then the third one is melancholy, 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 melancholy temperament marks individuals who are creative, analytical. Have you met people who are always very analytical? You tell them Jesus died on the cross, was raised on the third day. They come into analyzing what you say like scientists. That's because of the temperament that they carry. So every temperament has its strengths and has its weaknesses. And must be complemented. So melancholic temperament marks individuals who are creative, analytical, with strong perfectionist tendencies, who often have aesthetic traits. They have high degrees of IQ, creativity, imagination. Most of the world's greatest composers, inventors, philosophers, theoreticians, theologians, musicians, artists, Scientists, medical doctors, and other dedicated educators were predominantly melancholic temperament. Temperament. So if it's got to do with envisioning, designing buildings or landscape, the melancholic is best suited for such things. So when uh, managers or CEOs are uh, hiring people to come and work in the organizations or choosing people to train or promote, they look at the various temperaments and then choose people along those lines. So some also emerge as, when it comes to the melancholic, some also emerge as uh, carpenters, bricklayers, plumbers, plasterers, nurserymen, playwrights, authors, mechanics, engineers, and excelling at humanity-serving professions. That's because of the temperaments that they have. Melancholic, melancholic, melancholy. Then the last temperament is phlegmatic, 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 P H L E G, 
M-A-T-I-C. Phlegmatic. A phlegmatic person is a cool individual with a knack for details who tends to limit himself. People with such temperament can do statistical, microscopic work that will make others go berserk. They excel at anything that requires meticulous patience, daily routine, gentleness, planning, calculation, mechanical aptitude, organization, working under pressure, dependability. It's therefore common to find these phlegmatic people or people with this phlegmatic temperament, common to find them as school administrators, librarians, counselors, college department heads, structural engineers, sanitation experts, chemical engineers, draftsmen, mechanical civil engineers, craftsmen, and managers of people. So the question is, as we close, is who are you? Assuming that you have identified your personality and have therefore chosen your career, what next? We're going to be looking at that next week, Saturday. Next week, Saturday. So we've looked at the five P's you need to know to make a right career choice. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Once you know some of these things. So it's purpose, purpose, potential, passion, pain, and temperaments. 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 In other words, personality. What's your personality? Those are some of the things that should help decide, help you decide what kind of career to go into. I pray for grace for you. I pray that what we have heard today that will not leave us and that we will act upon them. I'm going to encourage you <clears throat> to watch this session over and over again. Share them with many other people. Let your children watch them, your young adults, your teenagers. Start training them very early. Train up a child in the way he should go. He grows up, he will not depart from it. Uzziah started at 16, David at 17, Jesus at 12. It's not too early for them to know some of these things. Neither is it too late or too early for you. So go over this session, listen to it over and over, and pass it on to everybody that you know. Next week, we are going to continue along the same career professional path. Remember, this session is lunch hour with high achievers. We're talking about how to turn your talents into treasure, how to turn your gifts into, into money. That brings me to the coming <clears throat> leadership and mentorship class, master class that we're going to be organizing on the 6th of August. I want you to take your pens or take your phones and put down this date. First Saturday in August, we'll have the normal lunch hour with high achievers in the afternoon. But in the evening, 7 p.m. for 90 minutes, probably do 90 minutes or 60 minutes, one hour. We're having a virtual mentorship and leadership masterclass. We're going to start, I mentioned in our ministry <clears throat> from a few months back, that we're going to start mentoring people. You know, get, get to a certain point in your life. Well, it's about passing on your legacy, passing on the things that you know. Whilst you're alive, you pour all the things. I mean, uh, on my on this laptop, there are many messages. On my iPad, there are many messages, thousands. On my phone, iPhone, there are many messages. 44 books that God has graced us to write. Powerful stuff there. One chapter can be a message we preach probably for a month or two. So there's so much that God has blessed us with in the form of information, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. It's time to pass it on to 
people of our, our peers and the next generation so they can do better than we have done. So we're going to have a mentorship session, but I'm going to introduce it with a free introductory mentorship session for everyone that registers. Remember, the first introductory session is free. So I want you to come and have a taste of this upcoming bi-monthly virtual mentorship and leadership class. Some probably might graduate into an actual where we hold seminars in different places, hotels and other places, or the leaders factory. So virtual mentorship and leadership masterclass, um, starting with a free introductory session on Saturday, the 5th of August, 6th of August. First Saturday in August, please set your notifications, uh, mark your calendars, set your notifications for the 6th of August. It's going to be the first virtual mentorship leadership class. We might do it on via Zoom or closer to the time, but everybody needs to register. We want to know how many are interested so we, we, we allot our time carefully. It's going to be 7 p.m. UK time, 7 p.m. UK time, 12 p.m. U.S. time, and 9 p.m. Kenya, East Africa, 9 p.m. Kenyan time, and um, uh, Ghana probably will be 6 p.m. So everybody take note of it. Some of the subjects that we'll be dealing with is who is, because you see, you need to become a generational leader. So one of the things we'll be looking at is who is a generational leader. And also how to bring out the leader in you, how to bring out the best in you, the giant in you, the great person in you, how to bring out your full potential. How do I make that happen? So I'm going to look at for pastors and ministers, we're going to look at pastoral leadership, how to be an effective, successful, fulfilled pastor in the ministry. And we're going to look at how, why you must become a change agent. We are all called to become change agents. In, every, in the areas in which we are called. Um, so how you must become a, why you must become a change agent. In other words, when people come across you or come in touch with you, things have to switch and change for better and not for worse. So why you must become a change agent and a generational leader. Why you need a mentor. Just listen, mentor, a mentor is the difference between poverty and and prosperity. A mentor is the difference between success and failure. A mentor is the difference between sadness and joy. So, some of the topics we'll be dealing with are making right career choices, purpose, potential, passion, pain, going deeper into what we have done. And then we're going to look at how to turn your talents into treasure. How to make money with your gifts and talents. Gifts and talents. Gifts and talents. Gifts and talents. People have sold little things and become rich and wealthy. You know. Remember the temperaments we mentioned. Sanguine, choleric, mel melancholy, phlegma. Everybody's temperament is different but can all work together for our good. So, ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendars. Sit of August. The first free introductory session, and we're going to be organizing this behind closed doors bi-monthly. The first is going to be free. So come and have a taste of what to expect. Register at my website, Michael Hutton 
michaelhatton-wood.org. That's michaelhatton-wood.org. michaelhatton-wood.org. Go there from now. Register for yourself. Register for your children. Register for your friends. Tell your friends about it. It's a free introductory session. So you get to know what's going to be happening after that. You can turn your gifts, your potential, into financial resources. And you can teach other people to do the same. Once again, God bless you all for joining us this afternoon. We'll be back next week, Saturday, at the same time, 12 noon to 1 p.m. We look forward to see you. Share this with everybody that you know in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. The House of Judah will be meeting at 1 p.m., 1.30, 1.30 p.m. to 1 to 2.30. We want to pray the house. We want to pray Anoint our chairs, anoint the place, and get the place ready for tomorrow's teaching on service. So we're just going to be for one hour, one hour, one hour. So join me, 130 sharp in church, and let us pray down the place. Let's get the place set up for tomorrow's anointed service. It's going to be awesome, 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 awesome. Don't miss it for anything. God bless you all. Remember to share this session with everybody. You know, this was very detailed teaching session so there are some things that you may not have caught so share it share it everywhere everyone that joined us on facebook everyone that joined us on, on instagram we appreciate you you can also watch it on youtube at bishop michael has go to the video section and you can watch it on youtube god bless you all for joining us this evening have a great afternoon and don't forget need to see you in church tomorrow where we are teaching that serving God has no expiry date. Don't miss tomorrow's service in House of Judah, or if you belong to another church, make sure you go there, share these things with them, and let's all get blessed together. Once again, you are blessed and highly favored. God bless you all. See you tomorrow in church.